Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back and thank you for joining me. I'm so excited about today's episode. It was a blast to chat to Darren last week about her newfound love of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. I've managed, (laughs) I didn't plan this, but this week is another 2FM person. I swear I'm not just going to have people I know from 2FM on every week, although if there's anyone from the station who wants to hop on, let me know. Um, But it is such a thrill to have Louise on with me this week. As you'll hear, we are both longtime fans of the show and there was a period where we were kind of the only people each other knew that were into the show. So we talked about the... uh, We talked about the shows a lot together, so it felt kind of, it felt fun to actually be able to properly sit down and just, just talk about Housewives. Sometimes we would talk about it for 15 minutes in the office, or if I was on her show, I might pop in and do like an item and we'd have a song on in and (laughs) during the length of the three minute song, we'd be like, blah, 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 and this and this and this. So this was kind of, I think, a dream come true for both of us in a way. And funny enough, I mentioned this on Instagram the other day ask people, you know, how they came to Beverly Hills. And I was surprised by how many people said they started this year. So if you're a Netflix viewer of some of the early seasons of some of the shows and you want to get into more of them, I think there's lots to discover here today with Louise. And it was such a thrill to hear her talk about the beauty and makeup side of things. And as you'll hear in the interview, Louise is now, she actually has a new beauty column for the Irish Independent in their weekend magazine, which comes out every Saturday. So as always, these interviews are done over Zoom. So the sound quality is not always stellar. I just, my Wi-Fi honestly is temperamental. Even today, I'm covering myself in a blanket and hoping the sounds of kids playing in the school nearby aren't <laughs> aren't audible on the mic. So if the sound is a little bit quiet at times, I've done my best to crank it up a bit in post-production, but hopefully it sounds okay. Anyway, without any further ado, here is Louise McSharry on Housewives and Me. My guest today is the host of the Louise McSharry Show, which airs weekends on 2FM. You can also get loads of items and bits and pieces from the show. Wherever you get your podcast, just search the Louise McSharry Show as well. She's the author of the book Fat Chance. She has written for countless publications on everything from beauty to body image. And I can safely say she is probably one of about three or four people who has the most in-depth reality TV knowledge ever to the point where really my hosting the show is a sham. It's really her who should be doing it. Louise McSharry, welcome to Housewives and Me. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love that intro. I think I might my next bio. <laughs> It'll be like, I wrote a serious book about she loves the real housewives, underline, underline, exclamation <laughs> I mean, points. I'd be fine with that. I feel like it's a part of my brand at this stage. <laughs> it's funny because... I've had Davina, Divine and Victoria's Secret on. I've had Laura DeBarra on. And they're definitely people I think of in the upper echelon of houses knowledge. The only other two left in my head are Veda, Amazing Dublin Drag Queen, who I'm hoping to get on soon, and yourself. Because yeah. I've had the most intent, like I can, this is a, will sound a bit knobby to some people, but I think it will set aside, the, set up the, what I'm referring to. I went to your book launch a few years ago. It was upstairs in Dubray Books on... Grafton Street, which is a lovely, um, a gorgeous bookshop, one of my favourite ones to go to, but like upstairs, it was kind of, it was sort of that narrow corridor a bit, and then you walked in, and it was really warm in parts of the room, and I remember I walked over to him and said, hey, how are you, congrats on the book, did you watch Real Housewives in New York today? (laughs) I don't even think I took a 10 second gap and you in full glamorous book launch regalia one of the biggest nights of your life you're like yeah I couldn't believe Sonia but like we were talking about it like A they were our neighbours and B like we had nothing else going on like I wasn't there to celebrate your achievement as an author it was like so have you been watching your stories like I remember then I went hang on sorry it's your book launch <laughs> no I mean look I had definitely watched it that day because I watch it as soon as I can priorities Connor well that's why so your knowledge is so deep so I do want to start with the obvious question but I need to know how did you get into Real Housewives because it feels like you're a long-term long-time fan you know it's funny I actually hadn't thought about it that much like when and how and it was only when I was thinking about this podcast that I was trying to make sense of it and the way that I came to Housewives was through um Laguna Beach Mm. really so Laguna Beach was on TV, I think, before The Real Housewives. Yeah. And um, it was like the real OC. I was obsessed with the OC. So that was my introduction to Orange County. Mm-hmm. And then when Laguna Beach started, I was like, oh, my God, love this. Love reality television. Hook it to my fucking veins. Like, I cannot get enough of it. And um, I think I liked 
the kind of glamour of it all like everybody was rich they all lived in nice houses and I had been like I went to high school in America for two years and um I had been like not poor but like we didn't have money and never had the right clothes never had the right stuff and so it was kind of like a way I think for me to live vicariously through these like you know wealthy beautiful thin uh teenagers which was everything I aspired to be at the time um and then even though I was well out of my my teens at that stage um (laughs) but it was still (laughs) what I wanted to um and so then I heard about um the Real Housewives of Orange County and I was like Orange County I'm interested in that reality TV I'm interested in that but at the time it was like you couldn't get it I mean you just couldn't 2006 um and I remember I like I tirelessly searched the internet as I did for any reality television but I really wanted to watch this I was like gated community this is also interesting it's like the OC but real life um And I think it was only the second series that I managed to finally find um, a stream or a torrent or whatever. I actually can't even remember. Although I do have this image in my head of watching the episodes on a website with an orange background. (laughs) And I can't even think of what the name of that website was, but it was one of those streaming sites. And then that was just it. I've watched every American, every episode of every American Real Housewives. I've watched most of the international English speaking ones. I can't do Cheshire. I heard Laura DeBauer talking about it. And before she even said it, what I was thinking was it's cheap and nasty. It's just not, it's not the real housewives. I just can't, it's not for me. Poor Cheshire is having an awful run so far in all the interviews I've done. And I actually still want to sit down because I've seen clips of it. I'm like, I know I'll have fun with it, but it's, everyone's like, it's not good. I'm like, well, it's been on for like ages, maybe. I don't know. It's bad. It's having a rough time on this podcast so far. I feel like maybe I need to watch it and not ex- like not thinking about it as a real housewives because I've watched I mean there is a rarely a trash television series like reality tv series that I haven't watched but there's something about that I think it kind of offends my loyalty to the housewives I feel like it's just not right um and I watched Miami so <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I just I just love reality television so much but the housewives are the pinnacle for me um and I, yeah, I just, I absolutely adore it. Why, why do you think the Housewives, like the franchise is the pinnacle of reality TV? Because I do think for people who haven't really watched much of them, they have that question, like, why is it different? And I'm like, it's it's actually interesting trying to explain it to them why. Yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. I mean, I think, first of all, there's the kind of, there used to be the aspirational aspect to it. I don't think that that's really it anymore. Um. But, you know, for a while, there was definitely that thing of like seeing how the other half lived. What's it like to live in a big, massive, fancy house and have loads of money? But obviously, as we've seen over the years, often that's actually not what's going on. And so often there's like really dark shit going on in the background or the money isn't real. Um, Hello, New Jersey. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, yeah, in Beverly Hills, you can kind of enjoy the money a bit. But, you know, or in New York, I suppose. But, you know, it's not so much about that anymore. And I think I really enjoy watching the women. I, I love seeing and I know this has been spoken about far and wide, but you don't really see women of that age um, interacting with each other anywhere (laughs) um so I really find that interesting I like the different dynamics of each city I feel like I get to know about the cities to a certain extent and the kind of vibe of the city um but I think for me it's just escapism you know I love to compartmentalize and I love to switch my brain off and turn off my thoughts and nothing does it for me like the housewives maybe teen mom I love teen mom for that too um but it really helps me kind of turn off my brain and turn off my thoughts. Um, And because I started watching kind of on my own at a time when people in Ireland, you know, really weren't watching it. um, And then I eventually found you and you were like the only person I had to talk to about it. But really, I didn't realize it was the only Damn. Oh yeah. But I, in a way, I kind of felt like I didn't even know how to talk to you about it because it had been a solitary pursuit for so many years before I met you. It was kind of like my 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 kind of meditation or something I don't know it was like this thing that I did on my own um you know in my bed usually on my laptop um like I've watched so few episodes on an actual tv it always looks really weird to me on a tv um but uh I think yeah it's just been a real a real kind of um calming 
escapism for me, which is kind of wild when you consider there's like table flipping and leg throwing and all that crack. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. It's hard to explain sometimes to people the escapism element, but I think it's partly we know the format really well now. So you know roughly how it's mm-hmm. going to look. There's a certain visual cues every episode has, and particularly now, okay, the interview looks are going to be this and they're going to shoot it this way. And it's also just so you kind of know what to expect on one level. And then obviously there's developments and drama. But it's just so funny, the idea that it's a solitary thing, because already as we were chatting, the podcast has only just been launched because I'm kind of doing the interviews ahead of time to like get ahead of myself, et cetera, et cetera. And I have just been amazed in just a week or two how many people are like, oh, my God, I watch and don't have anyone to talk about with her. It's just me and my friend. Like, so what you're talking about in a way, I think a lot of people in Ireland are like, I've never been able to talk about this before. It's so weird. Yeah, we've all just been illegally finding it and sourcing it on our own. Um, our little community, we never knew we had it. Um, yeah, it's it's like, and, and I have, you know, I'm obviously happy that people are coming to it now, but I won't lie, I do find it kind of hard in a way because I'm like, you know, these are my people and you can't say that about like Erica, you're only on season blank and, you know, <laughs> yes fine you have strong feelings about Kyle but like you actually haven't watched you know and also I think that people are having a very different experience to people like us who've watched it week to week because if you watch five seasons in two weeks you know you're not on the same journey that we're on with those women um and I'm not saying you know I'm not looking down my nose at it I'm just saying it's a different experience like if you are plowing through the kind of character development as it were and you're not going to feel certain things as deeply because you don't have the time to kind of sit with them. You're moving on to the next, you know? Um, so I guess I'm saying that my relationships with the housewives are more in depth. <laughs> no, it's so funny though, because I was thinking that like, I have binge watched, but like I'm someone where there are certain shows that are huge that I'll come to years later. So I know the feeling of binge watching something and you gobble it's it up insane. and you, you kind of go, Oh, I get it now. And I've watched six seasons in two weeks or whatever. And it's still satisfying, but particularly with Housewives, and I think particularly I've said it to people now, like hop in on the, I've hopped in on seasons of shows and followed it weekly because there's something about following the few American podcasts and your American mates talking about it in the social media journey that when you watch it over six months, once a week, it's part of your routine each week. It's part of kind of like, you you have more time to chat and think about stuff that's happened, particularly this year with lockdown. Like I am not joking. There was a period where it was like, New York and Beverly Hills will pull me through this because there's nothing else to look forward to at the moment. And we had New York 100%, the timing of that season, that most recent season of New York, like honestly, it was like a beacon of light for me during the week. And if I, and I had, I have two small kids and we didn't have childcare, obviously for that whole time um, when we were on lockdown first. And like, if I could manage to sneak in an hour, you know, where I like, you know, would be working um, as far as my husband was concerned and (laughs) get like 45 minutes to watch New York. It was honestly, it gave me such a lift. Like it, it is, any we all have those relationships with different tv shows and it is the real housewives for me and it's new york for me specifically though i totally agree with what you're saying there a bit like the soaps as well you know like i've always said to people they're kind of well they're they used to be called docu soaps which is a term they always use in tv to like make reality tv sound grander mm-hmm. but it's that format it is for me it's like watching soaps sometimes I'm like how can i watch two or three of these a week i mean people watch three or four eastenders i know it's slightly different now with lockdown and stuff but like people watch the soaps the same regularity every week and it's the same kind of format so I'm like that they, they are my soaps I would watch Housewives every day happily and sometimes I do um like I, I, there is no limit to the Housewives that I can consume like there will never be a city that I'm like I'm not gonna watch that and like I understand that there are you know some of the podcasts I listen to or whatever and lots of people are taking kind of a, an ethical stand on uh, the new season of Orange County because of Kelly Dodd's um fucking ignorance and stupidity um and I understand that but I just can't I couldn't physically bring myself <laughs> to not watch and not know what was happening and I I don't feel good about that but like that is the situation and if like Salt Lake City started I could never just be like do you know what I've got enough I've got no I will never have enough never yeah you're right it's kind of like it becomes such a like I find that now there's cities I don't even like that much but I'll still watch every episode partly because of the podcast and the conversations but also like as you say you kind I need that little like 
every week I just need a little hit of it at some point. Even if I don't get to watch it the day it's out, I'm like, well, I'll get to it tomorrow even around seven. It's fine. Like, it, it's weird. Yeah, the it's funny you brought up the OC thing. I struggle with that a little bit, but I it's two things. And one is maybe a bit of a bit cheeky but like my feeling is us watching it outside of america has no impact yeah. on its ratings so i don't feel yeah. like i'm endorsing the show and also yeah. i think not to i would never excuse kelly Dodd's behavior because it's inexcusable and there's people who've gotten i think deserved consequences in the bravo world this year but i do think most of us who watch it watch it with a critical lens and we watch it with a we're not watching going, I love all these people, I endorse their behavior. Often I'm like, these people are idiots. I want to see them get their comeuppance. And I was going to say, that's the thing. It's not necessarily about liking the women. It's about um, them being interesting, I suppose, or the dynamics being interesting. Um, and like, let's be honest, there are some terrible people on these shows. Ramona is fucking awful. Pardon my language, but there is literally <laughs> no other thing to say. Like she is a terrible person. We know this, but she is very entertaining. And like, I, I, I don't know, does that mean she should be on TV? You know, that that conversation is interesting. And Kelly Dodd, I think has crossed the line and I think she should be fired and I think she will be fired. Um. But I don't expect these programs to bring me the highest level of critical thinking when it comes to anything. Um, when it comes to like, I don't know, donuts, let alone when it comes to <laughs> politics and, you know, social dynamics. And do you, I'm, I'm, it's funny you say that way because I have that same feeling too. And sometimes I do feel guilty, but I, I feel like there's no perfect media to consume anyway. Even the media that's more right on is always going to have flaws and stuff too do you find i find sometimes i have to switch my brain off a little bit and go i don't agree with that and i'm gonna let it happen because i'm watching critically like are you able to do the same yeah definitely like some of the like i as i said i love new york it's my number one um but there were definitely bits of this latest season that i found a bit like oh god um you know the drinking i sometimes i find hard to watch um you know, when you could see that someone like Dorinda, you know, you could just see that she was in a bad place. And um, I kind of felt with Dorinda this year, I wish she had taken it off because I I like her. Um, but she was really in a bad place and it was coming out in such a nasty way that I felt like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. Like, this is actually not right. Um, I don't feel that often <laughs> because I love it um but I did feel like that there you know when someone seems vulnerable or like they're being taken advantage of like Kelly Dodd is like she is she is making herself look like an idiot I do not feel bad for her on any level like she is showing herself to be the person that she is but Dorinda is someone who I think at heart is good and is in a bad place and um you know shouldn't really have been on camera drinking heavily like during this period of her life and that feels a bit kind of uncomfortable and um, like I think she's made the right decision to to take a step back even though I'm sad because some of the stuff that she said was like really unacceptable like you know some of the stuff what the hell stuff she said to Tinsley like whatever your feelings are on Tinsley you don't roar at a woman about repeatedly about her fertility like what the hell that's just not okay and no reasonable person would think it was okay or no person within their kind of best frame of mind would think it's okay yeah I think it's funny you bring up New York's and the the most recent season because I know there were some people who were like oh it wasn't quite the same and I do think they taking a bird's eye view you can tell that they probably losing Bethany at the very beginning threw off probably just planned storylines or where they thought things would go Tinsey mm -hmm. leaving also meant that another person they were down a person and I do think it's funny you mentioned Dorinda like I definitely would watch her on screen drinking and think what it, whether she has a quote-unquote problem with alcohol it's not for me to decide that but just the yeah the way it seemed to when she would drink the anger would come up per se at least with Sonia who at time had moments in this most recent season where I was like damn you are like going too far but I still just yeah. felt like with Sonia I always feel like this is a crazy analogy but go with me she's like kind of an athlete in that Housewives is her sport and her job so when she's on Housewives she says to herself okay I'm gonna drink like a fish and be the messy crazy one that they all love and then when the show's off I don't have to drink if I don't want to and I it's yeah. not good but when yeah. I see Sonia I'm like I don't think she has a quote-unquote problem per se I just think that she turns the reality tv character up to on 100 because you see her interviewed kind of on watch happens live or podcast when the show's airing but she's not filming she's like oh you haven't drank in like six weeks like I, I don't think booze is her no, problem I think she's, she's like 
She's like, time to get to work. They want messy. I'm going to take my dress off. Like she just. Well, she's, it's her water pills, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny though. You brought up an interesting point. I think we all kind of, we can tell as viewers who's like not having a good time and who's just turning it on for us. And we're kind yeah. of fine with this. It's like when I went to see Britney on her last tour and we, and I love Britney and I want the best for her, but she looked fucking miserable. Like she was going through the motions and she didn't want to be there. And I don't want to feed into that. So, you know, yeah, like Sonia, look, we could have a conversation about the ethics of that. And like, you know, is it right <laughs> that Sonia turns on this like, you know, character or whatever and goes, you know, or some would argue too far, you know, essentially for our entertainment like sure we could have a conversation about that but the reality is that's a choice I feel like she's making and she's happy with that choice and you know I I'm not worried about her um whereas with Dorinda I was I was worried about her and at Tinsley at times seemed like so fragile not necessarily in this latest series but like super fragile some of the sometimes Taylor in Beverly Hills years ago like she seemed super fragile and when a person gets to that point it does make me a little bit uncomfortable and I'm kind of like oh I shouldn't be watching this like this isn't entertainment this is just someone having a personal kind of tragedy yeah it's what it's just interesting i think we all have a line as viewers and it's i think actually now that more people are watching and even i mean it was kind of grimly hilarious when the first few beverly hill seasons went on netflix and people would say oh my god what's the story with taylor and russell i'm like just you wait because it's actually really fucking depressing like it's not just oh they don't get on like it so yeah it's weird we all have a line um I wanted to ask you about this because for me, you were someone who I think woke me up a little bit to the conversation around body image and like thinking more about like, you know, our weight doesn't have to define us and like just rejecting some of the bullshit that we put on people when they're bigger and all that nonsense. And we've talked about how Housewives isn't perfect. And I think there is this conversation running through the shows. The women are often usually quite slim or if they're not, they're very concerned about their weight and there's constant conversations about their bodies and body image on the shows like what are your thoughts on that and do you notice that shit because you talk about it yourself your experiences and you've broadened that conversation when you see it in housewives are you like oh here we go again i am i am but at the same time i also know what to expect when i sit down to watch the housewives you know what i mean so i don't have great expectations for them to be particularly evolved in that regard um I would love to see that change though. Like, I mean, Shannon Bedore is Shannon Bedore. Like she's going to feel the way that she feels. Ta- or Tanya, who is Tanya? <laughs> Tamra. Tamra. Tamra is Tamra. She's, you know, going to be body obsessed the way that she is forever. Like that's who these women are. Like Kelly Dodd is going to make comments if someone has a few extra pounds on them. That's who they are. I don't like it, but like it is what it is. And they're of a certain generation. But I would hope, like, I do feel like there's, there's change happening. Um, like on the shows just even in terms of uh, thankfully we're starting to see a little bit more diversity within the casts and in terms of racial diversity and ethnic diversity and I I think like I have loved like I adore Leah on New York I love her so much and I feel like she brings a, a fresh and modern way of thinking to the program that wasn't there before and I hope that as the shows evolve they will start to reflect the conversation about bodies and weight that is happening outside of the shows because it's a very dated way to think the way that's kind of presented and that we see and however it is still the reality I think for the majority of people of a certain age but I hope that our generation and the generations younger than us are coming to a more kind of evolved and healthy way of thinking and that that will eventually come through because the housewives will never end by the way like p.s it's going on for my entire life (laughs) i love how that's both you informing us but also almost threatening like i will make sure (laughs) it doesn't end i it cannot like it can't (laughs) i i would i would cease to exist like i just wouldn't be able i have this has been my life for 14 years what would i do without the housewives I just like, see. I'm actually, I'm kind of like sweating <laughs> thinking about it. I don't want to even consider that possibility. Ooh, I'm slightly hysterical. Not happening. You, you trying to send a polite perform email to Andy Cohn. Hi, got your address from a friend. Hi, Andy. Um, I just have some things. I just, in case this ever comes up in a meeting in a few years, don't end this. <laughs> please, please, Andy, please just think of me. I'll do, like, I'll help. I'll help. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll film. No problem. Would you, would you do a Real Housewives show at some point? If no. You, no? Would you come in the mix? <laughs> no, 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 no. Move no. to New York and befriend Ramona. <laughs> I think very few people come out the better, you know? Like, 
I, yeah, I, I like, oh, I, this is kind of bad. I don't know what I'm about to say. I was going to say, like, I, I try really hard to, um, I suppose, have a positive impact with the, my work, um, particularly on women's lives. Um, and I don't know that appearing on the housewives would necessarily be in line with that. Um, which, but now I'm like, wait, what do I think that? Do I think that the housewives are bad for women? And I don't, but like, I don't know, can I be like, you know, trying to sell a kind of positive and constructive life within the context of the housewives? That's interesting, isn't it? I didn't know I thought that. <laughs> you're, this is a bit like therapy session. I'm just like, Sorry, yeah. you're joining dots. You're like, but do I? Uh, oh. I don't, I, I tell you, I never get to talk to people about the housewives. <laughs> so this is like where all of a sudden it's all coming out. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel the way you feel. And um, it's funny, we talked about like the casting and like maybe women who aren't just quite slim. And the only person I can think of who was like kind of in any way, quote unquote, curvy or plus size or whatever the term is you'd use. Was it Roxy or something like that? A girl on Real Housewives of Toronto. And I remember it stood out because she was kind of. Yes. She talked about it in the first episode, like, I know I'm a bigger girl and she had great clothes and she looked amazing. And it was like, yeah. I thought the I didn't love Housewives of Toronto because it was just a bit dull. But I thought the yeah. way they handled that was quite charming in that she just said, this is my body. So I look like and it was I think it came up once in that there was an event where it was an Anne with really small Rachel Zoe kind of look yeah. had dresses yeah. and there wasn't one in her size. And it was never a, a comment about it, it was more just you forgot to include me. And I thought, damn, yeah. this is actually a way you can you don't have to insult or bring their weight in in a bad way. That is the thing that happens to women all the time, because what happens if you're a certain size, if you're above like average size, even, you know, people don't think they just think, oh, these will fit everyone. And it's like, no, I'm actually a different size to you. And one size does not fit all. So if you are a woman who's plus size in any capacity, you will almost certainly have had that experience. So I, I think it's good that they that they showed that particular experience. But you're right. They didn't make it a big storyline. And like, it, that's the way it needs to be. It shouldn't be a storyline like we're, like, you know, I, and that's the thing for me, like even, you know, you and I were talking before we started today and you were saying, do you mind if I ask you about this? And I was saying, no, I don't mind at all. I'm super happy to talk about it in this context. I'm a little bit bored of talking about this stuff in like every interview I do. Not that I do like a million interviews, but like every interview I do, it gets brought up and it, it's gotten to a point now where I'm like, I'm happy to talk about um, kind of body politics, as it were, and um, that kind of stuff, because I think it's still a necessary conversation, but I'm so sick of it. Like there's, I'm just a person <laughs> like living in my body. Yeah, I don't think about it on a day. Well, I try not to think about it on a daily basis. And like, that, you know, so if someone is on a show, you know, their needs, their storyline shouldn't necessarily evolve around their body. And that's the frustrating thing about representation of bigger bodies than on, on all media is that generally, if there's someone there, it's because there's a storyline about their weight or their weight loss or whatever. And so the more we have characters, you know, within shows reality and not reality where they're in a different body whether that's to do with a disability or race or uh, sexuality or you know physical size where that's not the issue the better because that's how real life is like I hope that not everyone I interact with is like oh there's Louise the fat girl <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> like I hope they're like oh there's Louise she's on the radio she does this she does that you know what I mean there's so much more to me than just the fact that I am the fat girl despite the fact that I talk about it all the time you've definitely embraced your love of beauty and skincare and all that stuff in the last few years you've written about it like anyone who follows you on Instagram will see these amazing makeup looks and you do demos and all that stuff that I have a beauty column now in the Irish Independent Weekend magazine which I'm very excited about taking my beauty work to the next level well congratulations for that obviously so you know beauty writing is a big part of what you do and it's yeah. even for me as someone who doesn't wear makeup or really do anything other than just very simple skincare stuff I can tell that you love it and it comes from a genuine love in your life when you watch Housewives, do you get any beauty inspo or even do you just look at them and go, what are you doing? Like, yes. does that ever cross your mind? Oh my God, yes. I'm always analyzing the makeup. Um, reunions are like makeup a palooza for me because they obviously go big. Although Erica and Dorit are always interesting. Dorit's hair and Erica's hair, I'm just constantly fascinated by. I never want them to tone it down ever, ever, ever. Like I live for the looks. You know, it's over the top. It's super camp. It's ridiculous, but I love it. Um, so like 
would I necessarily wear them at the level at which they're wearing them? No, <laughs> but I might wear a toned down version. I've been known to wear a, you know, a Diamante hairstyle with a word on it or hair slide um, with a word on it, like Dorit did. Um, you know, Erica's big high pony has inspired me at times for sure. Um, but the Atlanta ladies at the reunion, their makeup is always incredible. They love a glitter and I love a glitter. So I have Googled on many many occasions and um, like uh, usually atlanta women's makeup is like incredible i do feel like atlanta has always brought a level of glam and glitz that the other shows don't and it's funny when erica got a lot of praise for kind of going there on her like interview looks and stuff she was very quick to kind of say like she kind of shouted out atlanta and said i grew up there i'm from the south i like they've been going as hard as I am and it's like part if they do it I think we should too and I kind of love that little nod to be like you know what if the most successful house I show which is you know exclusively cast of black women and people love it we the rest of us need to pull our socks up I kind of love that yeah. idea and it will be if you were doing it every day and had to get in a full glam you might get tired of it but for, as a viewer I'm like yes Erica let's raise the bar a little bit here exactly like Erica's testimonial looks on the last series of Beverly Hills were spectacular someone instagrammed a tiled thing of like nine different erica testimonial looks and i was like holy shit like she they are all incredible and i love when i get a new testimonial look that i haven't seen before and i'm like <gasps> like i think candy's can I, I can never it's just candace but she's got a rogue eye there's an eye in there that you don't expect candace from Potomac, yeah, it confuses me every time. And um, Candace's, she is entitled to have whatever name she wants. And um, Candace's testimonial look in the series of Potomac at the moment with the big white hairband, which is kind of in like, it's kind of like wrapped at the top and she's got like a, a kind of red eyeshadow look and she looks, is gleaming. She looks incredible. And I'm like, yes, thank you for making that effort for me because I appreciate it. Like, I live for that. You know, we're not here to half-ass. You will be a great Housewives producer. I feel like you'd be like, can we step up the looks? <laughs> and you'd be there like, Candice, I appreciate your eyeshadow. And I went, thank you. Even if we didn't like the person or the story, then you'd be like, you yeah. look amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know, because then you've got someone like, Denise I'm like you know come on Denise like you can do better than this I want more for you Denise you are so beautiful and I get it she's like down home bootcut jeans bootcut jeans come on it's 2020 <laughs> like you know I I, I I'm, I'm torn because on the one hand like I obviously absolutely think that every woman should dress however they want and they should wear makeup or do whatever the fuck they want I believe in bodily autonomy and that includes that kind of stuff however it's the housewives like you're there it's the job like do it for sure and I do I always get the impression with Denise who I like like everyone loved her first season this most recent one of hers where she no. now she's left wasn't great but I felt like she kind of, she knows she's gorgeous and that's fine. I'm like, you know, she's a famous actress. Like, of course she knows she's beautiful. But I always got the vibe. She's like, mm, I don't have to try as hard because I'm naturally pretty. You know, I just don't really remember to make up. It's like, come on. How commit so to it? Have fun was, with this. Yeah. And I think the real problem for her on the latest series was that that, in the first season, it, she was fun. And like, so I was willing to overlook the fact that she wasn't delivering in looks. But this latest season, she it felt the like that had filtered through to her attitude towards the whole thing. So, you know, she was like, I don't really have to try. I don't really have to do this. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Like she didn't give a shit. She was going to play on her rules. And like that is for me, the cardinal sin of a housewife. <laughs> you're waving like, a makeup brush around. Oh, <laughs> looks I mean No, it. it looks amazing. It's like, I wish people could see you're like, and another thing. <laughs> If you don't want to be there and I can tell that you don't want to be there or you're not interested, then get the fuck out. Like you are taking up space. There is someone else who could be there who would be more entertaining. Like we don't need, okay? <laughs> like, and if you don't need this, then let's not do it. Like, who are we kidding here? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. You're kind of, in a, and I mean this in a good way, you were channeling a little bit of Lisa Rinna there, I felt. Oh, wow. Honored. <laughs> what a woman Serena my god do you watch Brad Goreski's um Instagrams where he does impressions of her 
I've seen a few of them. I saw him do like a, I think he did a reunion takeoff. I've followed him for years because, here we go, reality television pedigree. He was an assistant in the Zoe Project, the Rachel yes. Zoe reality series. And then he got his own series, It's a Brad Brad World, which I absolutely adored. And so I followed him for years. And when he started doing Housewives content, I was like, please, how did you know I needed this, Brad? This is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I love Rena. I think she is, uh, she's brilliant. I mean, I, I don't think she's flawless and I have my issues with her at times, but like, you know, what a camp character. And I love that she's playing with her hair now. I love the wigs. I mean, it sort of suits her to do wigs because I think she comes in, because there's a mix of, she doesn't get why people find her funny and she also does get it. It's perfect for her to be like, here's my wig called Sylvia and her in a completely yeah. different look. Like, it's just hilarious. Yeah. And the wigs always look good. Almost. Almost always look good. Like, I'm always like, wow, you look great. But obviously, you know, she has her hairstyle and I would never want that to go away permanently. <laughs> we need it's that iconic. hairstyle. We need that we hairstyle. What are your thoughts on Rinna Beauty and, when, and like, you know, how's always dipping into like beauty stuff like that? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, no. I mean, Erica Jane, I think, could have beauty. Dorit maybe could have beauty. But, like, Lisa hasn't made herself synonymous with a particular beauty look or whatever. Like, I just, yeah, it's not for me. Same with, like, when Lauren Conrad brought out her beauty line. I was like, no, what are you doing? Like, come on, leave it to the professionals. <laughs> are there like, any... If you're Rihanna obviously has been hugely successful because she was someone who always had interesting and iconic makeup. Like even Lady Gaga is struggling. So like, I'm just, yeah, I don't think, we'll see. Maybe she'll prove me wrong. I don't think it's going to be a huge hit. Maybe this is like the secret and in a week's time, a box of Rinna Beauty will land on your doorstep like a housewife's version of The Grudge and you'd be like, oh my God, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> Have we seen the packaging yet? I don't, it could be out there. I've only looked at the Instagram for it the odd time. Like a few people actually sent it to me and was not like, did you see she's doing this? I'm like, yes, lol. But like, I'm not buying lip glosses. So like, how much do I need to follow this personally, you know? Yeah, like, okay. So the lipstick packaging is just the NARS packaging, except with least with Rin Beauty on it. It's yeah, it's a no from me. I continue to, I maintain my no. <laughs> we've had, we've got, a, we got an update there. Um, are there, so is there any Housewives beauty moments where you've been like, that is the worst? Because you mentioned Denise kind of didn't pull through. Have you ever seen a few where you're like, hold on a minute? Oh, it's funny. I don't really hold on to the bad ones. It's the ones that stay in my brain. Um, I can't think of anything really bad. I mean, Adrian Maloof had some god awful looks and um, like, truly terrible hair extensions I think she went through a phase of having like long feathers in her hair as well which just didn't seem very Adrian Maloof so like I'm not against feathers in the hair per se but it just seemed kind of inauthentic it just always I always thought that like you know for a woman with all the money in the world um she, her hairstylist was doing her dirty um I'm trying to think who else um there's, I can't think of anyone else who, oh, oh God, how could I forget Emily in um, Orange County, her hair last year. Oh God, she went through a rough patch. God love her. That was truly awful. And I say that as someone who's had a lot of experience with hair bleach. It is, is this Emily or Gina? Gina, sorry, Gina. Yeah, so no, Emily that's... always looks stunning. Gina. Yeah. And actually Emmy's with the blonde. Yeah, G Emily's one of the few kind of like, I know there's been stuff about her weight, but I actually think she's one of the few that is like a bit curvier and it it's a reminder that, you know, that can happen. But God, yeah, Gina's blonde moment Gina's last blonde. season was rough Ooh. going. Even I think she knew. She'd be kind of like, huh, ah, looks good, doesn't it? You're like, oh, you know, you're not even convinced. She this. did. I felt like she should have like taken legal action against that girl who came to her house and dyed her hair because <laughs> like it was so bad and it looked so damaged and um, like I know from having that color hair for a really long time you have to do it very carefully and gradually it takes a long time and to have it even be reasonably healthy it takes a lot of work and you can't you actually can't have it that long um it, it won't grow that long because the the bleach damages your hair so much so yeah it was just I was like oh I wish I wasn't watching you figure all this out because I just really <laughs> felt for her you felt her pain yeah. oh my god I think that was actually the worst that I've seen Poor Gina. We even got her name at one point. And I was almost like, I, I almost was like, maybe that is her name. That's how I feel about no. it. I was like, maybe it was Emily. <laughs> I think because Gina and Emily arrived at the same time, I get their names yeah. next up. Sorry, yeah, dolls. <laughs> um, you are a reality TV scholar when it comes to Housewives in particular. Were there any other shows? I mean, if they're somewhere that's easy to stream, that's great, but they don't have to be that you think we should have caught up on or have missed out on maybe a one season wonder. 
Well, I think anybody who didn't watch the Zoe Project, I absolutely, I've watched that several times. It is so good. It's so fascinating to see the way like stylists work with celebrities. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by LA in general and how LA works. I've never been there. I'd love to go. Um, and yeah, I found that really interesting just seeing how Rachel Zoe worked. And then there was really good drama in it as well because she had this bitch assistant named T- uh, Taylor, who I'm kind yeah. of obsessed with as well. She's like, Rachel, oh, Rachel, I want to like put the dress away today, Rachel. I'm tired. She just <laughs> had such a bad attitude about literally yes. everything. And she was so mean to poor Brad. <laughs> um, I really, really liked It's a Broad, Broad World as well, which was obviously the spinoff from that. There is an incredible finale of that show, which involves a musical number, um, which went viral at the time. It is spectacular. Um, not a dry eye in the house. Um, I loved those. I know everybody's really into Below Deck at the moment, which I loved. Shaws of Sunset, um, it's gotten a bit dark now, the last few series, but the first few series are magnificent because it's about these um, kind of not super rich, but not poor uh, people in their like late 20s, 30s um, who have all known each other for years and they're all of Iranian descent. Um, and they are just really interesting. Their dynamics are interesting because they've known each other for a long time. So um, they they kind of love each other a lot, but then they fight a lot and they're messy and it's really entertaining. But as I say, it's gone a bit dark of the last couple of years, but definitely the first few years I think would be worth a go. Um, Southern Charm, I really liked at the start, uh, but again, it yeah, it's kind of gone a bit downhill there. Um, also when you're looking at it like an all-white cast of people in um, you know on plantations and stuff it doesn't really bring up the best vibes in 2020 yeah I feel like <laughs> it's been interesting because Southern Charm I think I watched a few of the very early episodes I never went back to just because I didn't have I had time when I watched it but watching the conversation with this year and how even the trailers they put out they're bringing up that whole conversation away. I don't think they ever would have. And in a way, no. it could be could be the makings of that show in the sense that it might force the hand of the cast a bit, or it could just be their swan song is a season where they're told they're, they're a little bit. There's a bit of racism here. Okay, bye. <laughs> like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Certain shows are definitely in a different spot now. Even Vanderpump Rules. I mean, I still don't know what oh. it's going to look like when it comes back. You know, Vanderpump Rules. Like I loved it. I loved it. But again, it's lost its way. Um, and I don't know, will they be able to get it back, to be honest? Um, like, I almost feel like they need to start a whole new show um, with a whole new cast because the people who are in it, who've been in it from the beginning are just like, no offense, old and boring now. They're kind of the same age as me, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> and they're all like, you know, settling down and stuff. And I don't particularly want to watch The House about those retrobates raising children or a program about those retrobates raising children. Like, I think it would be better to get some new, like, you know, young Hollywood kind of wannabes, which is what the show was supposed to be at the beginning. And, um, I, you know, that stuff is really interesting, I think. Um, God, I feel like I'm being really mean. I'm not just mean about real like people in my actual life. But that's um, the beauty of reality TV. I think it allows us to channel a little bit of our snarkiness yeah. in a safe way, in a sense. Yeah. I also am like eternally committed to Teen Mom. Um, I don't know why I love it so much. Like, especially of late, because really nothing happens anymore. And yet I just can't quit it. I again it's one of those ones that like turns my brain off, I think. Can I ask a very, a question so stupid I might even cut it out because I'm just unsure. I've never understood the difference between Teen Mom and 16 and Pregnant. Is Teen Mom a spin-off of 16 and Pregnant? Is that yes. how it works? Yes. So 16 and Pregnant is, um, each episode is dedicated to one young woman um, who is pregnant. Um, and then what happened was 16 and Pregnant was so successful. They took four, I think it was four of the of the moms from the 16 and Pregnant series and started doing a series about their lives after ah. they had their babies, what happened with their relationships, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there was, there was uh, Teen Mom 2 and Teen Mom 3, but Teen Mom 3 only went for one series. So um, uh-huh. it's been like there's a lot of it and I just love it. And there, it has been really good and interesting. And it's, you know, what's great about it is that they don't 
really address the fact that the people are obviously earning money but you you see what happens as kind of they progress and stuff um but in the last couple of years they've started to introduce new new moms um from 16 and pregnant uh to replace some of the people who needed to go for various reasons it's great because now you get the mix of the the people who you've known for years and you get these new people who are living you know real life struggles um, and god knows we love to watch a struggle oh god that sounds <laughs> i feel terrible for saying that but no, I've um, always wondered what the format was because I saw Teen Mom 3 and I'm like, is that season three of Teen Mom? Like, it's just the way it's marketed is always a bit mad to me. But um, it, it's interesting. You brought up there a kind of shows like Vanderpump Rules and Shaz and, and Southern Charm and how they're all sort of in a tougher place as they went, like they kind of go on. And it's interesting. I feel like one thing that Real Housewives has over a lot of other reality franchises, and it's actually why I even say Drag Race is still so popping, is you can bring in new people all the time and you can refresh quite yeah. easily, even if it's two or three new faces. That's it, it never feels like you're watching the show for these six people like you are kind of with Pump Rolls the way it's gone on. It's more like, well, at any time we could just bring in four new women and that's just how it is. Like, I think that is why it's still so relevant to all of us that we're still so hooked. Yeah, I think you're right. It's flexible and it can evolve in a way that the other ones have struggled to do. Because what does happen in a lot of cases, and it doesn't happen so much in housewives, because housewives, usually you're starting with women who have a certain level of wealth and success to begin with. Um, whereas with the other shows, you're watching people who are kind of unknowns, um, who aren't necessarily super wealthy or successful. And then as a result of the success of the shows, they get more money and um, more um quote unquote success but often it doesn't really turn out that way and then things do often just turn really dark which is unfortunate but um you know you start to see the dynamics crack because people start to get jealous over money and you know various other things or the money introduces things into people's lives that isn't necessarily positive or you know egos get out of control um so yeah I think it's hard to maintain the kind of fresh fun vibes of the early series of shows like Vanderpump and Shaws. Yeah, it's just a, it's a dynamic for sure. That's such a good way of putting it. Um, I mean, it's this is a hard one because we're in Ireland and our likelihood of seeing them in real life is small. But I'm so curious, have you ever had a Real Housewives run in either in real life or maybe just via social media or a friend of a friend or something? I have not. And I don't think I want to. Um, I, I think in order for me to continue to enjoy these shows, I need to continue to see them as characters as opposed to real people. Um, which I realized might not sound good. The like the only person who I I feel like I could hang out with Leah, but I wouldn't want to do that <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like I would then lose her as my housewife Leah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if I had a real life interaction, it, it would I would lose. Like I didn't follow really any of them on Instagram until very recently because. I want them on my shows. I don't really want them in my real life. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, I actually feel, <clears throat> I actually feel sort of similar in the sense that in a way, I feel like if I saw a housewives person in real life, I'd be more starstruck than certain celebs because I feel like I quote unquote know them better. But yeah. also I don't want to blur that line because if I met like, I don't know, George Clooney and he was a dickhead, I wouldn't care as much. Whereas if I met like a real housewives I liked and they were rude, even if I knew it on some level, I wouldn't want it confirmed. You're right. I like the separation because that's the beauty of the show is they're real, but they're also huge characters to me. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I wouldn't want it tainted. You know, if I had an encounter with any one of them, even if it was something I didn't like, and it was disappointing in any capacity, then I probably wouldn't be able to watch that show again. And like, I need those shows. I think we've discovered that. (laughs) (laughs) We've discovered that in our housewives therapy session today. I do want to ask, this is something I love asking people because it just, it's such a can of worms, but you're throwing a dinner party tomorrow, but you can have five people. They can be real housewives. They can be friends of, they can even be a husband or a side character just from that world. Who do you want coming around for dinner? Okay. I thought about this because I thought you might ask me this and I struggle (laughs) to think about these things on the spot. And the thing for me is that I can't think of it as anything other than what would be the most fun. Like I would want it to be a really positive and fun experience. So with that in mind, I'll tell you my five and then I'll tell you like people I considered and why I didn't put them in. So Leah, 
I feel like I would have really good fun with Leah. I think she would be really good fun. Um, Kyle. Kyle knows to how to party. And like Kyle wants to have fun. Do you know what I mean? She does. It's only when she gets derailed that things kind of go bad. Dorinda on a good day. Not not recent times, Dorinda. Dorinda <laughs> on a good day. Also really good fun. Giselle Bryant. I feel like Giselle would be watching, taking it all in. She would ask good questions and you would get good conversation because Giselle was there. And Portia, because Portia is, I think, the funniest housewife. And like you would have so many lols with her. And I think watching all of those people interact with each other would be really interesting and fun. Um, so those are my five because I think that would produce the most enjoyable, fun dinner. I did consider Carol Radsville because I actually <gasps> I love really her. miss her. And, Same. Um, yeah, me too. I'm raging that Heather's coming back and uh, Carol isn't. I Although, to be honest, I'm still not over the Carol Bethany thing. Like, that broke my heart for Bethany, to be honest. Um, especially we'd already watched Bethany lose Jill. Bethany has no one. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I did consider Carol. I considered Erica, but I just thought it depends on what Erica you get. Like, sometimes Erica can be very kind of uptight and like you know, sitting up very straight and kind of looking down her nose at things. And I wouldn't want that. I considered Dina Manzo. Oh. I love Dina Manzo. Oh. He's very relaxed. You know what I mean? I never feel like she's performing. She's like being herself. And her like voice, her. she has that kind of like, hey, hello, hello. She's a very soothing voice as well. When I see clips of old Jersey, it always strikes me that she is like, She's like, oh, I don't want to talk to Danielle. She's awful. But she says it in such a pleasant yeah. way. I was like, your voice is so nice. It's so sweet. And she's beautiful. So like mm. looking at her would be a joy. Um, and then I also considered Sonia because Sonia. But then I thought if Sonia got too drunk, I that would ruin the night for me. So I, I decided not to include her. I like your sort of oh, B roster go. of your B roster of people that you've chosen or could be a party in itself. I'm so, When you talked about Carol and Bethany there. How did that to me was such um, maybe there's people watching Housewives in New York for the first time and they're going to see all this unfold in their binge watch. And I'm sure that will be low key traumatic. Um, how did mm. you feel about that fight? And did you ever pick a side? Because I, I love Carol, but I did feel like in that moment she started to lose ground very quickly. Yeah, I was definitely on Bethany's side. Like, you know, they clearly had a really close relationship and Bethany as, as I said, like Bethany doesn't have that many close relationships and it seemed like a very real friendship outside of the show. And it's so echoed what happened with Jill. And I rewatched New York again recently and I was like, yeah, God, it's so similar. It's that thing of like, um, you know, someone kind of shutting you out or like all of a sudden giving you the cold shoulder and not, and, and almost like, I felt like Carol was almost gaslighting Bethany and kind of implying that they weren't as good of friends as they actually were and stuff. Um, and like, you know, I think the fact that Carol at that time was seemingly hanging out a lot with Tinsley was just like insult to injury because you can't get further away from Bethany than Tinsley, you know? Um, like Carol was kind of, I don't know. I was like, what are you doing? Like you, you were really good friends. Like how have you completely lost sight of this? And I just felt like Bethany again was kind of being let down by someone. Um, and I did really feel for her. Yeah, that was such an interesting storyline because I did feel there was a real friendship, as you say, at play. And then when it crumbled, it was hard to watch. And I always felt like, I think Carol felt one way and Bethany was smart enough to include how she felt more into the narrative of the show. So by the time it got to the end of the season, you felt like you're on her side, even though I was like, I don't think Carol realizes how the worm has turned here. And she when it was when they got to the reunion, I think Carol was like, wait a minute, hold on. I do love as well that you wanted Giselle and Portia at your <laughs> dinner party because you're right, Portia for me is one of the like, funny as in meant to be funny you laugh with her she's witty like Portia yeah. is so quick and particularly the last few seasons she just found her oh groove. my god she had a line and I wish I could remember the context but she had a line about like call, she called someone Nemo she was like okay Nemo um and I think it was to do with like or Dory or yes I remember that hey, it was, Dory. It was someone yeah. who said they, they couldn't remember something I was like, <laughs> like you can't remember okay Dory okay Dory and like, the way she, she said it oh she I comes out with just, she has been coming out with the best lines and she's just really good natured and like, you know, I just like her a lot, to be honest. But she knows how to be bold if she wants to be as well, so. 
the perfect real yeah. housewife. Um, and, and Giselle she's- is, I just, Giselle is just fascinating to me. Giselle knows how to stir shit up and I love watching her do it. I've really enjoyed the slogging of her clothes in this most recent series of Potomac. Um, and I think one of my favorite moments of this most recent series of Potomac is in, um, I, I don't even remember what Giselle was slagging off, but Giselle was slagging off something. And in Karen's testimonial, she was like, um, okay, stovepipe leg. <laughs> and I was like, what? She was slagging off Giselle's legs. And like, I would never be one for body shaming, but it was just so vicious. <laughs> and I had to Google it to figure out what she meant. And she was literally slagging off the shape of Giselle's legs. But like, it was in honor of someone else because Giselle had been slagging off someone else. And I just loved that. But Karen was like doing the honorable thing by, you know, returning the slag. Yeah. It's funny Very too, funny. Um, with Giselle, like I've always, like you're right, she's shady, but she's entertaining. So I like her on the show and I do kind of like yeah. her as a person on in the context of the show. But I feel like this year they've pointed out how bad her taste in clothes and decor is in general. And it's all I see now. And every scene yeah, I'm like, same. wait, I've never noticed this. You have no taste at all. <laughs> yeah, all I ever noticed was how beautiful she is because she's so beautiful. Um, and now that I know, now that my eyes have been open to the clothes and the decor I'm just well I did notice the decor on my own I have to say like yeah it wouldn't be to my taste um but look it's her house she ha- she's the one who has to live there fair play to her she's been working hard on that house um but yeah the clothes are yeah once you see it you can't unsee it <laughs> literally sure. it's very yeah. hard to escape um we've talked about the dinner party but the biggest housewives question you can ask anyone really you're on the show tomorrow they say McShara you're in you're cast we're filming. We're rolling. We need your tagline. What do you say? <laughs> I, I have two, and I'm not. That's happy fine. To of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to hear both? They're fine. They're fine. But like, I'll, I'll, you know, they're not what I would like. Honesty is my best policy, even if you don't want to hear it. That's good. That's very housewives. That's number one. Oh, they well, they have to be housewives. Otherwise, yeah. what are you doing? And then my second one is: I may love makeup, but you could never make me up. you like it I feel like something like playing off Beauty and the Beast where you're like I write about beauty and I'll call you a beast or something (laughs) you'd be better at this than I would (laughs) can I just say every time I listen to the Potomac fucking taglines this year I am enraged Ashley's is now that I've got my baby that's the only crap I'm taking it doesn't make sense is the baby crap are you calling your baby the crap? It should be, if you're going to say it, it should be now that I have my baby, his is the only crap I'm taking. But even then, you're not taking the crap. You're putting it in the bin. I, yeah, it's really driving me nuts. The Potomac taglines, because I've started, my my fat mate has started watching, just, I got him to start watching Potomac the last few weeks, like midway through. I said, just watch this at me, you'll love it. And when Good he work. saw the, you know, thank you, it's it's his journey for all his housewives fans to <laughs> keep recruiting. Um he the first time he watched and they played the taglines he was screeching he couldn't believe it because potomac this year they've just they don't give a fuck with the taglines they're like say the campus thing you can think of yeah think of the most camp ridiculous thing you can say like even monique's one if you didn't try so hard you wouldn't have to try me or whatever it is like that just but that's one of the best ones oh god giselle's no. one giselle's taglines send me because it's like she's trying to have a theme every year and this year she's not on i'm the most was it? i'm the most I'm still the most blessed one talking, the most anointed one walking. It's like, we get it. You're back with the pastor. Like, it's just so heavy handed. It really is. It really is. I'm fascinated by that, by the way. And the whole first lady thing and like all that crack. It's yeah. And her dad, her poor dad getting caught on the mic saying that he didn't want them to be together after telling her that he just wants her to be happy. I felt so sorry for him. But that was also such a great moment because they caught, they've caught a few things sort of off camera sort of on the slide this year in Potomac where I'm like oh that's very real like that's the kind of yeah. real you don't always get <gasps> Karen Huger Karen Huger with Ray saying he, he thinks he's in love with her and she's just goes up to her like massive closet and is like I'm gonna take my mic off okay oh my god that killed me yeah, that killed very, me very Karen rough. is very vulnerable this season I have to say and I'm not disliking it like I like to see her vulnerability anyway sorry I could go on and on <laughs> no this is why you're here it's why we're so glad to have you um I'm curious what's next for you like with Real Housewives like are you someone who plans to go back and re-watch or do you want to maybe convince friends to watch something else what's your vibe 
I am in the middle of a New York rewatch at the moment. Um, and then I think I might go back to the start, either go back to the start of OC or Atlanta because um, I, when I watched Atlanta was the city that I found quite hard to find online as it was airing. So I watched like really bad uh, streams of the first, I think two series. So I'd quite like to go back and see them in like, you know, higher definition. Um, so yeah, I think that's the rhythm that I'm on at the moment. But like it is if I ever have a job to do, like if I'm cleaning a room or if I'm doing something like it's on in the background, it's like because I just love it. Before we go, if people want to check out your work, your radio show, where can they find you online? What's the best place to do that? Yeah, so I'm on uh, 2FM Saturday and Sunday mornings from 9 to 11. Um, you can find on Spotify, if you search Louise Makshari, you can find the podcasts um, of the show. And I'm Louise Makshari on all the social medias. You can see all the rest of my stuff there, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> That is perfect. And listen, there will be Housewives chatter. And I feel like you've been emboldened now because you know we're out there. You know there's Irish people who watch Housewives. So you're going to share even more stuff about it in the next while. Well, I actually just genuinely didn't know I had so many thoughts. So I'll have to start talking about it. <laughs> like I there's have no be, choice now. There's going to be a Housewives and me rival when you're like, and now here's my Real Housewives podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Louise, picking your brain about Real Housewives is one of my favorite things to do. So to get to do it in this format, it has been a joy. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Louise McSherry on Housewives and Me. As we mentioned, you can catch her on 2FM, 9 to 11 a.m. Saturdays and Sundays. And the podcasts are available everywhere you get podcasts. And so maybe if you're listening outside of Ireland and you want to check out Louise's show, you can do so there. They basically just put up all the items from each episode as little podcasts in and of themselves. So it's actually a great way to... Uh, they're kind of like 15, 20 minute, 10 minute little bite-sized listens. So it's a fun way to like get a little podcast action in uh, if you're listening on the go. And yours truly, I do pop up on Louise's show as a pop culture kind of contributor every few weeks or so. Yeah, definitely check it out. There's, of course, the Irish Independent column that Louise does where she writes about all things beauty. That's in the uh, Saturday Weekend magazine, which comes out on Saturdays, and you can catch all those columns online as well. I will see you next time for more gossipy moments about the housewives. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back next Tuesday for more housewives chats. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is housewives and me. If you enjoyed the show today and you can drop us a rating on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate it. Stuff like uh, rating a podcast and reviewing it is so helpful for getting the word out. Particularly the moment you've probably noticed that the there's loads of podcasts out around big TV shows like The Crown. So little old Muggins over here trying to compete with Netflix. I could do with. <laughs> I can do the help, to be honest. Uh, thank you to everybody who's reached out and messaged about the show. It's really fun to have uh, a place to chat about these topics and these shows. And listen, Christmas is coming. It's perfect time to carve out a few days to binge watch a season or two that you've missed. So I'm just saying, we, we could guide you in the direction of a new reality show, maybe just in time for the Christmas break as well. All right, a new episode will be with you next Tuesday. Until then, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.